76 of the motherfucking K podcast, man. K Basa, how you been, man? We missed you around here, man. First things first, man. Welcome back. You know what I mean? I didn't even check the email. Let me go ahead and check that now. But if history repeats itself like it tends to, we ain't got Jack over here. Let's see. Nope. Just a bunch of fucking spam emails. So once again, man, hit the motherfucking email, the real K podcast at gmail.com. Also be sure to check out the motherfucking socials at the real K podcast. But before we get into music, man, a couple little updates, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if I mentioned it last time, but in a month or two, in September, September 10th to be exact. I'll be doing the Ozone Hip Hop Festival here in Orlando. So hit me up for tickets, man. We got two months to get it together, man. We can do it, man. We need everyone out there moshing and going crazy with us, bringing that energy, man. But yeah, we got that in September. Also, this past weekend, just got back from the Fleet DJs Music Conference. I remember we talked about it. We talked about last year's conference when I played uh, Juice Lord, I believe, on here, the quarantine song. It's crazy. It's been a year since then. But Butta and I just made a weekend trip up to Jack. Shouts to P. Butta for uh, 
alley-ooping that shit, you know what I mean? He had an extra pass, so invited me along with him. We went up Friday, uh, Friday night. We missed check-in, unfortunately, but that didn't really stop too much. We still kind of shifted around a little bit, shook some hands, kissed some babies, ate some fucking seafood, you know what I mean? <laughs> um... But yeah, you know, we still did our thing Friday, didn't get the official reg- official registration done, but that was fine because the performances weren't until Saturday and Sunday. So we went up to the Regency Hyatt Hotel, actually ran into fucking Nigel Houston because I forgot SLS was in Jack's also this past weekend, the Street League skate. And Nigel Houston, I know we talked about him. On, I think he was actually one of the covers on the fucking pod, man. But super huge pro skater. Just literally ran into him in the elevator type shit. Yeah, I mean, no big deal. <laughs> I mean, dude dude was literally on the Olympic team, you know. We talked about skateboarding was in the Olympics finally. Nigel Houston was on the American team, sponsored by Nike. Fucking biggest shoe company in the world, probably. And it was just funny because... Um, you know, I wasn't expecting to see him, obviously. Like, we're walking through the hall going to our shit, and he's waiting for the elevator to go up. And I see him from behind. I'm like, yo, this dude looks like Nigel. I mean, he dressed just like him. You know what I mean? He's got tattoos everywhere. And sure enough, when he turns around, I see his face. I'm like, oh, shit. You know what I mean? But, like, just being, I guess, a down-to-earth person, I don't like, you know, putting people on the spot, you know, Fucking, I'm sure everyone's asking him for a picture and an autograph and whatnot. Like, I literally didn't even break my stride. Just fucking held up a little peace sign to him. Kind of gave him the head nod. You know what I mean? Which I'm sure he appreciated being super famous. He probably always has people coming up wanting shit from him. So I'm assuming just the fact that I kind of gave him the little, like, yo, what's up, man? You know, he fucking gave the head nod back. Just like, what up, dude? And it was just funny, you know. Bud, uh, it's me and Bud up there. And he's not really into skateboarding. He's like, yo, who the fuck was that? And I explained it to him. He's like, oh, shit. You know, like one of the biggest skaters in the world right now, arguably. And then sure enough, we we got back and I see he was just on one of the most recent episodes of The Shop, um, LeBron James's series on HBO. So needless to say, fucking superstar in the building. You know what I'm saying? Fucking all you got to do a little head knob, B. You know what I mean? Like, hey, man. Real recognized, real, you understand? She. Uh, but yeah, Friday kind of just gained our bearings a little bit, took it to the beach house, you know what I'm saying, slept it off, next day got up, headed right back, checked in officially, attended some information panels, you know what I mean, they had some industry representatives in town and everything, not only DJs, it's the Fleet DJs Music Conference, but it wasn't only DJs, you know, fucking, uh, Artists, obviously, managers, radio personalities, fucking people selling cigars, merch, all sorts of random stuff. Photographers and videographers, obviously. But a bunch of people there, man. Some good uh, some good people, good networking opportunities. So we did that all day Saturday. And then they have any artist who's attending the Fleet DJs conference can sign up to perform at 1904 Music Hall, where we actually saw Juice Lord last year. So I went with Butta last year, but him and Matane both did not perform this year. Butta wanted to perform. So he did his thing, fucking held it down, actually shut it down at the end of the show. It went a little later than we wanted it to, but you know what I mean? 
you got to do what you got to do, man. The show was supposed to be over at 10, and I don't think he performed until about 10.30. You know what I mean? But it was a good time either way. Fucking met up with ID. Had ID pull up on us. Fucking had a good time. You know what I mean? K-Podcast alumni up in Jack's Alley. Met up with him up there. And, you know, we just enjoyed a good hip-hop show. Enjoyed the city. Got some food and shit. I mean... And like last year, there was another artist that kind of caught my eye that I wanted to play. Um, this joint they were pretty much playing all weekend. It's this artist, Trece Sev. It's T-R-E-C-E space the number 7 E-E-V. So, I don't, I don't, can't remember if it's Trece Sev or Trece 7 Ev. But either way, this is Trece Sev with... Stop playing with me. You understand? She, she, she. rocking you know what i'm saying so make sure you check them out man trace said you were but yeah i mean i think him and butter were probably by far the best performers saturday night and uh we were kind of just smoking and kicking it and eating and chilling man took it back to the beach house again Slept it off, and then on Sunday, we headed back to Jack's for the last day. It was actually a celebrity basketball game. Well, it was a basketball game. The players were members of the Fleet DJs, and the coaches were celebrities. I don't know. uh, I honestly can't remember who the coach of the red team was. It was red and blue. 
The blue team coach was Emmanuel Lewis, the actor. And the other guy, I cannot for the life of me remember his name. I apologize. But um, Emmanuel's team won. So, you know what I mean? They got the belt, took home the victory. My boy Butta performed at the halftime show. Uh, shut that down too, you know what I mean? It was kind of funny because they had this other kid go up and attempt a performance, I guess I'll say. Because he started his song, he got maybe 30 seconds into it, but I guess the DJs didn't tell him that it had to be clean. He had to perform a clean version of the song. So he's up there, you know, rapping his song, cursing and stuff. And they literally cut him off. They cut the music off and the DJ was like, yo, sorry, you know, it's got to be clean. This is a family event, you know. So that was bad for him, kind of good for Butta. Not that Butta needed it, you know what I mean? But uh, that kind of like pump fake or air ball that went right at the beginning of halftime kind of further allowed Butta to come on and take control of the whole fucking stadium, you know what I'm saying? So it was a good performance uh, at the halftime show as well. Enjoyed the rest of the game. Got some more food with ID. You know what I'm saying? Shook some more hands, took some pitches and all that. Your boy was getting behind-the-scenes vlog footage all weekend, so stay tuned for that as well. Um, but yeah, man, got some more food and pretty much took it back. Took it back to Orlando, you know what I mean? Had a nice long weekend. Shout to the Fleet DJ, shouts to P. Butter, shouts to everyone up in Jack, shouts to ID, you know what I mean? Shouts to the whole gang, man. So I guess without further ado, any other updates that I can think of? Not really. I mean, we got new music coming, but you'll see it when you see it. I ain't too worried about that, man. Come on, man. I actually just dropped a new single. You know the fucking vibes. I ain't gonna play it on here, but, you know, I'd love it if you'd go check it out. Put it on your playlist. Send it to your friends and family. Uh, as you know, or as I hope you know, because you're part of the... Because <laughs> you're part of the K-Pod squad, man The Pod squad, man um, If you search K-Pod, K-P-O-D The new single is called Good Times at Ridgeview High That's where I went to high school, up in Orange Park Not me It's a play off of Fast Times at Ridgemont High And uh, yeah, man It's a little vibe, your boy singing on the hook a little bit, you know what I mean? Trying to fucking expand the horizons out here, B. But speaking of new music, we'll go ahead and get into our music segment as we always do, man. First and foremost, we got the OG. Black Thought is teaming up with Danger Mouse. Producer, uh, composer, I don't know what you want to call him. Musician. They're teaming up and doing a, a combined album called Cheat Codes. And it's not out yet. There's only two songs from the album that are out right now. So I'm going to go ahead and play this song called Because, featuring Joey Badass, Russ, and Dylan Cartledge. See 
brand new. It's just newer. While brothers drop down in their knees and make newer. Popsicle sticks race down the curb into the sewer. The next American hangman sketched the crayon. Gangland on the facade that you can spray on. Killing birds with one stone is what we stay on. Wingspan never too wide for you to play on. The waves never cease to amaze or inspire. Illiterate, the signature's been forged to fire. Broken spirit, some assembly required. It confirmed the door and no return at Elmira. Screaming into the ocean for emotional support. We never won awards, we was wards of the court. Putting swords to umbilical cords to cut them short. Translation, vacation is in the last resort. From the deli, knock them out the box with spinning tops and skelly. Do it, you'll get to it with Mr. Womack would tell me. I was locked, my celly red nigga, no Machiavelli. This inheritance was negative. Beverage is the devil's piss, state's evidence. Give us anything instead of this drama in the mirror light. Yeah, Yoy Kusama had me turn into Muhammad to Buddha the Dalai Lama. If I was snatching shoulder bag from somebody, mama, and my cancerous can't discuss what the short answer was. Hungry as buns, take the money and run. Sometimes simultaneously taking one of your lungs. What I mean is I've seen everything that's under the sun. Niggas below the poverty line live under the gun. We all scheme the savages ain't vegan. What the fuck is love? Don't need a reason to die. We die just because. Yeah, I mean... Uh, yeah, you can check out the features on your own time, you know what I'm saying? Joey Badass Russ. But speaking of the Bodmon, Joey Badass, I know we've, I've been, and if you're a listener, I've hopefully made you anticipate. The new album finally dropped. It's supposed to be not like a continuation or a sequel, per se, of his debut album, 1999, but... Uh, it's kind of the next in the series. I don't know what the proper word is for it. But either way, the new album is called 2000. I listened to it today at work. Uh, there wasn't really any songs I didn't like. It's fucking beautiful album. Classic hip-hop shit, you know what I mean? Being from Brooklyn, New York, definitely keeps the essence of the hip-hop, you know what I mean? But this is fucking Joey Badass. I'm going to go ahead and play Zip Codes. And I know this joint's produced by Kirk Knight, also from Pro Era. You know what I mean? So, got to fucking put the homies on, man. Each one, teach one. You know what I mean? Everybody East, B. Actually, before we get to... <laughs> before we get to the song, I got to play this paid in full clip now, man. Come on, you think I'm fucking around here? Everybody East, B. Hey, you right here, man. Hey, yo, B. What's up, B? This nigga Wedge, one of your workers, man. Word. So what's up, Dick? Nah, they said he's trying to set you up, B. Come on, man. Man, come for Hey, yo, bring this bitch-ass nigga over here, B. I know this nigga I'm trying to send me up. What's up, man? You feeding this motherfucker, too, man. Hey, yo. So what's going on, man? I'm hearing things, man. Put Look, your man, hands down, man. Put, Put your, your fucking hands, hands down. down. Everything ain't all right, man? I ain't eating. 
You ain't eating. What you mean you ain't eating? You ain't making this paper, man? Everybody eats, B. Man, fuck Look this me nigga, in my man. motherfucking face like that, man. Look man, away fuck from this me, nigga. Man. Turn around, Come matter of fact. Fuck this nigga, B. Turn around, move up. Stay still, motherfucker. <laughs> Get your ass out of here, motherfucker. Cam just shoots him in the ass. <laughs> anyway, check out Peyton Full if you haven't yet. Without further ado, this is Zip Codes, Joey Badass, Bodman. Brrrr. <laughs> look, we gonna talk our shit on this one. Crimp night on the beat, keep my cypher complete, look. 40K. For the rollie with the leather band, no time to parlay. Life is too short, we came a long way from pissy hallways to court side up in Barclays. Stunning is the sport, the way I'm ballin', we could all play. My cup overflowing, I'm feeling fine in the Chardonnay. I dropped seven bands and Rick Owens, it was a calm day. Prices looking like a zip code, I switch zones when it get cold. So they gon' have to throw their shape from far away. I'm brought it in, walking with your broad down Broadway. Skip the floor, playing brought it back to where the dawn lay. Brooklyn, get your chain took and looking like entrees. I'm harder than my origin. Get your troops calling in. I gave them fair warnings. I'm up late nights and early mornings. I got a little buzz. I can't afford to miss my call and I be the first to arrive, the last to leave. Dropped out of school, still voted most likely to succeed. Till I do this with the ease, I collect my fees and then I breeze. Neck on freeze like it's below 32 degrees. Check my steeds. Hold up, nigga, nigga, nigga. Million in the valuation, hundred thousand hours in you niggas only master masturbation. Y'all some pros at procrastination. I tax those who act slow, never had patience. My cash flow got you fast hoes and fascination. I made her make it clap, then I told her congratulations. You fucking with the realest cats since Larry David. Curvy enthusiast, it's the creature from the Black Lagoon. The realest cast since Larry David, man. Yeah, man. Quit playing with fucking Joey, man. Alright? Real hip-hop is back. Mumble shit is over with. I mean, it's still out here, but it's definitely not as prevalent. When I started this shit, I feel like that was the main hip-hop. The main form of fucking popular hip-hop music. But fuck all that, man. What, 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 what the fuck is this piece of the shit? The real is back, you heard? On this next one, we got two superstars teaming up. We got my man Russ and Ed Sheeran. Just dropped a single together called Are You Entertained? On some gladiator shit, you heard? Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Every time, every night is a loose one. But I'm constantly summoning it. I love the climb, I don't care where the summit is. Funny when people be saying I peak to tie my parents, they live at the beach. Bottles and freaks is my track record. I made my homies, my staff members. Got myself lit to give y'all the light. Using my mind to attract better. I first when it came, I said, Why me now? Be staring it down, saying, Trying me, Kyrie, I handle it well. They still taking shots, trying to hand me a L, but I pass on that. Anger, I try not to act on that. I'm just transmuted. Put it all back in the music. Just feeling like I might just be on the road. Never selling my soul. My records are platinum and gold. It just keeps happening. Whoa. Just feeling like I might 
I just be on the road. I'm never selling my soul. My records are platinum and gold. It just keeps happening. Whoa. Every time you see me shine and move up. I see this decline. The jealousy fire up blew up. You tell me I fell off. But tell me what you done. I'm still in my winning phase. While we switching lanes. Are you entertained? I'm gone. I'm in the pot with the bros. Lighting up something the ghost. Nothing is froze. But when I put the kettle on, it's a number that nobody knows. time yeah man check that shit out are you entertained russ ed motherfucking sheer you were i also saw that mary j blige had put out an album earlier this year that i guess i missed but she i I don't know if they just released the deluxe or something because i just saw this being promoted uh recently this song with her and Remy Ma called Gone Forever. Shout out to the ladies holding it down, you know what I mean? But even if this is old, I'm going to go ahead and play it because it's new to me. So fuck out of it. Fuck out Another one. Mary J. Blige. Pay yourself again all down. Move to the left again all down. You should have kept it. Wishing that you had this. I know you're wishing that you had this. I done turned up on you all. I done turned up on you one time. Told you it would take only one time. You, 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 you thought that I was lying. When I told you that I can't be no side bitch. Mm-hmm. I know you want the thing back. You want that love, you want that kiss, you want that sex. Oh, well, now you want to make it last. Gone, gone forever. We the best music. Had, had a real bitch by your side, riding like a Glock 45. Now, now you're lonely when you slide. Tell me what money do if it don't buy honeymoon. I'm sweeter than honeydew, but I caught you sipping strange proof. You turn me into a dog, I'm barking woo. Told you just to keep it hundred. I mean, shout out to Mary J, the Queen, man. But yeah, old, new, to me, shit. (laughs) Go ahead and check that out. We also got the Queen Bee, man. Beyonce dropped some new music. I was literally just reading that this is supposed to be a three-act album. I don't even know if you can call it an album. A three-act piece of musical work, composition. I don't know. 
It's fucking Beyonce, bro. She does whatever the fuck she wants, and no one's going to say shit, myself included. You know what I mean? Better bow down to the queen, B. But um, the new project, we'll call it, is called Renaissance. And it literally just dropped, so I haven't heard any of it yet, and I don't know which ones are the vibey ones, you know what I mean? But I have seen that this song has the star next to it. Usually when the star is next to the first song, it's just because everyone's playing the album from top to bottom, so that one gets the most plays. But this is track number six called Break My Soul that has a star next to it. So this is the one we're going to play. I'm assuming this is the single that she's going with. This is new Beyonce, Break My Soul. You heard? Definitely got a little dance vibe to it, you know what I'm saying? She go rock she. out to that new Beyonce Renaissance. You heard? I don't think we got much more new music. Um, my boy Godson Monk released his album. I think we had played after the Soul Revival show. I think I played one of his songs. I can't remember which one it was, but um, I'm gonna go the. The new project is called Mental Masterpiece by Godson Monk. So I'm going to go ahead and play the new hit joint off the project. Woke, you heard? She, she, she. Values. I walk miles through the valley of the shadow of death with an house view. Write your book of life. If that book is filled with rage, there will come a time in life where you have to turn the page. These dark days are just important as the rest. If you didn't recognize the worst, you wouldn't recognize the best. All anxiety and stress is only temporary. I love my loved ones till I hit that cemetery. Till then I'm on one. Glad I finally made it here. At peace of mind, really grateful 
thankful for the blessings appeared upon my shrine. Thankful for life lessons I feared. I spent some time wasting time, but ethics of work I redefine. I'm heavenly divine. My mind, mind's losing its time. I heard the grapevine produce the best wine. Speaking of wine, I am wine, cause I'm timeless. My rhymes redefine what reading through the lines is. I turn into a tyrant if you think I'm on that weak shit Suddenly it's silent, you couldn't believe it Swimming with the sharks and you jumping in the deep and weeping Violence erupts if you sneaking Or if you tell a lie, I will really have you leaking Maybe it's my pride up inside, is deceiving I'm woke all the time, there's no time for the sleeping There's really not no no Also got the homies out in Austin, Big Skinny. Just released a new single called Green Beans, you know what I'm saying? Gotta make sure you got your motherfucking veggies up, B. <laughs> it's a little summer vibe for that ass. Cause she's sick of the whining Hold the marshmallows like I'm picking up diamonds My sister feeling slighted So she starts with the crying Now the door's been locked behind us Take your bikes for the riding, yeah Just up the block is a park They play a horse I shoot a couple rounds Hit it half court Let's wait till after dark And play some Bloody Mary Hide for hours till it gets too scary I'm getting hungry Get home late for supper Mama tells me some Eat your green in the walk after i finish we could walk the block rocking sandals and socks no class till 10 o'clock and no hurry a long way from turning 30 the clouds break for some sun rays found a happy place on the porch in the shade got me thinking skip class take a break we could link a midday for a j at the pizza place box a slice to take barely at the bar it's only up the street i mean that really ain't far if we shoot too much tequila take the keys to my car man these the type of days that always take my favorite part yeah yeah home late for supper and my mom tells me son eat your Yeah, I mean, little alternative hip hop for your ass, little happy vibe. You know what I mean? Letting your spirits up, be. You know what I'm saying. But that was it for new music today. We'll get into some music news here. I don't think there's too much to touch on. Um, I saw that R. Kelly was finally fucking. Convicted, sentenced to 30 years. Makes sense, you know. So R. Kelly was sentenced to 30 years in prison in a sex trafficking case. It says a Brooklyn courthouse judge has announced self-proclaimed Pied Piper R. Kelly to 30 years in prison on sexual abuse, sex trafficking, kidnapping, bribery, and racketeering charges. 
the judge has also ordered him to pay a $100,000 fine. Kelly has been jailed without bail since 2019 and still has pending charges of obstruction of justice and child pornography in Chicago. That trial is scheduled to take place on August 15th. So yeah, um, you might believe you can fly, but I think you're going to be locked up for quite some time, my friend. Well, not my friend, but guy. A guy. Congratulations to Big Sean and Janae Aiko. They're expecting a child. I think they just announced that she's pregnant. So shouts to them. Happy married couple, you know what I'm saying? I also saw that um, Travis Barker was hospitalized for some reason. He had sent out a series of tweets saying... I went in for an endos, endoscopy, endoscopy, E-N-D-O-S-C-O-P-Y. I don't even know what that is. I went in for an endo, <laughs> endoscopy. I went in for an endoscopy Monday, feeling great, but after dinner, I developed excruciating pain and have been hospitalized ever since. This was. Earlier this month in July. Uh, During the endoscopy, I had a very small polyp removed right in a very sensitive area, usually handled by specialists, which unfortunately damaged a critical pancreatic drainage tube. This resulted in severe life-threatening pancreatitis. I am so very, very grateful that with intensive treatment, I am currently much better. And I know he's made a full recovery because he just played a show with MGK, I think like last week or something like that. So much love to Trav, you know what I'm saying? Wish you a speedy recovery. Uh, Let me see. Not necessarily on music, but it's involving Nipsey Hussle. Rest in peace. So we'll mention in this segment. But a jury has convicted the man accused of shooting rapper Nipsey Hussle of first-degree murder. Jury decides Eric Ronald Holder Jr. acted with premeditation when he opened fire on the beloved musician in 2019. So Nipsey Hussle's killer is finally going to prison. I mean, it's not going to bring Nipsey back, you know what I mean? But somewhat of a silver lining. And then last but not least for music, um, Rolling Loud down in Miami. I think we talked about it last year. It just happened this past weekend, or is happening currently. And happened last night, but from what I saw, the what I've been seeing online is that apparently Kanye dropped out and Kid Cudi took his place as a headliner for Friday night. Now, I did also see clips of Kanye performing with Lil Durk, so I don't know if he just backed out of his you know, headlining slot and still kind of did his thing with Lil Durk. Obviously, I didn't go, but... Long story short, from what I saw, Kid Cudi took Kanye's place as a headliner, right? So then fast forward to actual showtime, Cudi cut his set short because I guess people were throwing shit at him. And let me pull up this clip that I saw online. It's kind of, I don't know, it's... I can see it both ways. Obviously, nobody wants to get pegged on stage. Not pegged, but have shit thrown at them on stage, water bottles and stuff, when you're trying to perform and do your thing. But I'll play the clip, and you can kind of hear, 
I almost feel like he they may have stopped if he just kept performing, but he stopped and kind of like, I don't want to say he threw a tantrum, but he definitely made it known that he was not fucking with that shit. And little fucking, you know, early 20 teenagers and shit like that up at a Rolling Loud festival, I would imagine, you know what I mean, are very easily provoked. So if you tell them not to do some shit, they're probably going to do it, you know? So let me pull this up real quick. As you can hear, you know, he's getting progressively more agitated. And like I said, these young kids probably easily provoked or like, fuck it. You know, if it's pissing him off, if it's getting his attention, then I'm going to keep doing it. It's like this whole social media Twitter mentality type shit. But also, like I said, (laughs) I mean, he got hit in the face. He's singing his song. And something comes and hits him in the face. So obviously that's a little more extreme. If it hits you in the leg or something, it's whatever. But you get hit directly in the face, I understand that. So he gets hit in the face, and that's when he starts saying, like, listen, guys, if you throw more shit, I'm fucking leaving. But it wasn't until he basically, th- the last threat of, I'll, I'll, I'll leave, you'll ruin it for everybody. One more person threw something, so then he dropped the mic and started walking off. But once he starts leaving is when a lot of shit starts getting thrown up there. Like I said, I think these fucking kids, man, they just want, you know, they want to push your buttons. They don't care who you are. Kid Cudi, Kanye, you know what I mean? Like, they don't give a fuck. But also it made me think, if Kanye did pull out of his headliner slot and Kid Cudi took it, chances are that could have been Kanye fans because they wanted they paid all that money, 500-something dollars or whatever, to see Kanye, and now they're seeing a Kid Cudi set. And I don't remember if we talked about it on here or not, but with the whole good music uh, static that's been going on, allegedly Kanye and Cuddy don't fuck with each other anymore. And I think a lot of people listening know that Kanye fans, it's like the beehive, you're the barbs, you know what I mean? Like Kanye fans are fucking stands. They'll fucking ride or die for that dude. So chances are a bunch of Kanye fans were not super thrilled to see Kid Cuddy. And I could be wrong, I don't fucking know. But just a theory, you know what I'm saying? I'm rolling some loud theories over here. Fuck out of Now, I believe that was all for new music news. Uh, we do have a couple things just on the entertainment tip here. One of them a little more locally. You know what I mean? We try to keep it global around here, but also got to shed light on your own community, so... Uh, well, this isn't really shedding light. This is kind of exposing. This was I thought this was crazy. And funny enough, before I get into this, I had heard tidbits about this from K-Podcast alumni, Miss Tyla. You know what I mean? When we had the show back in April, 
at Grumpy's, Tyler came out and we were, you know, after the set, we were just kind of talking about whatever. And she had mentioned that this was kind of, I think it had just happened at that time. Because, yeah, like I said, that was back in April, and this article was from a couple weeks ago. So, it says, Aaron DeGroft ousted after FBI raids museum seeking fake Basquiat paintings. So, the Orlando Museum of Art Director Aaron DeGroft was fired by the museum board on Tuesday as the turmoil and fallout continues from their troubled Jean-Michel Basquiat exhibit. The Board of Trustees at OMA, Orlando Museum of Art, the Board of Trustees at OMA shared the news late Tuesday night saying that they were concerned about the exhibit as well as the way DeGroft handled himself while representing the museum. Affidavit was included in an FBI search warrant that allowed them to raid the museum and seize the 25 paintings on Friday. So as you guys may or may not remember from the episode with Tyla, she does a lot of um, curating of art shows and things like that. I don't know how involved she is with the Orlando Museum of Art per se, but just her being in that community, she had insight to this. And she was basically saying like, yeah, the Orlando Museum of Art is in trouble. They just got caught with a bunch of fake Basquiat's. And we're just like, what? Like, I didn't, (laughs) what? I didn't know that was a fucking thing, you know? I guess... Yeah, I guess they got caught red-handed. They, I don't know if they were replicas, if they were, like, not authenticated. I really don't know the details behind it. I just know that dude got fired, the director over, the former director at OMA, and just, yeah, 25 paintings of fake Basquiat art were removed. I just thought that was kind of nuts, man. Definitely, you know what I mean? Like... Just a reminder, fucking keep your eyes peeled, do your research, fucking be on your P's and Q's, because in this era, I feel like we're surrounded by more fake shit than not, you know what I mean? But I just thought that was kind of nuts, because you would think as a legitimate art institution, that may not happen, or at least would be less likely to happen, but I don't know, man, shit's kind of crazy. But yeah, uh, fuck that motherfucker. What 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 the fuck is this piece Try of shit? Trying to fool shit. the people, man. The fake Basquiat's, man. Fuck out of here, man. F- fuck out of here. What do we got next, man? Um, let me see. I had saved this video to talk about, but let me see if it's even worth playing on here because I don't know what's up with uh the audio and shit. Yeah, I'm not gonna um I'm not gonna play it because it's I guess it's really not fucking I don't know. There's no audio really, but I saw this shit on TikTok, right? It's this dude in Times Square, this photographer, and he sees this guy dressed up all crazy like Batman. So he approaches him like, Hey man, I just wanna uh, you know, I wanna do a quick photo shoot for you basically for A for practice, B also to give this guy some good quality photos. And naturally, you know, not just New York shit, but just stranger people shit. His initial reaction is like, nah, man, I'm too busy. Like, leave me alone type shit. And basically, the photographer is like, bro, I'll I'll pay you to do a photo shoot with you. The Batman says $200. He goes, all right. How long I get for 200 bucks? 10 minutes. Photographer's like, whatever. All right, deal. Gives him the money. 
does an epic little shoot in 10 minutes, you know what I mean? Gives him these epic fucking professional-looking photos downtown in Times Square, you know what I'm saying? They're getting steam off of, like, the fucking halal cart and everything. Gets him sick photos. Moral of the story is at the end of the shoot, at the end of the 10 minutes, the dude who was dressed up as Batman was so impressed by the photos and his mood did a complete 180 just by, like, the the kindness and generosity of this photographer he literally gave the $200 back to him. You know what I mean? I'm sure he got the photos from the guy or whatever, but, you know, he was kind of being a dick at first. Like, yeah, bro, my time's 200 bucks for 10 minutes, you know, just because I look sick in this outfit. But dude literally did him a favor. He was like, damn, these are so dope. Here's your fucking 200 bucks back. You know what I mean? I just thought that was super dope. Uh, I wish I could play the video so you could see it, but I just thought, you know, it's a good message, man. Positivity wins, man. Got to be open-minded out here, man. I also saw there are new Chappelle and Burr specials on Netflix. To be completely honest, I have not watched either one yet, so I don't have a breakdown. But huge fan of both of them, so I figure I will let you guys know, and I will definitely check those out soon. Just figured I'd mention that here. I did watch, however, um, Snoop has a special on there. With a bunch of comedians, Cat Williams, Mike Epps, uh, D-Ray. He's got a couple dudes on there. And this one fucking lady who was cracking me up. I forget her name, though. But um, And I forget the name of the special, but it's it's like Snoop's thing. So fucking search Snoop on Netflix. You'll find that shit. That's hilarious. And also, my girl actually put me on to this documentary, or docu-series, rather, called, I think it's How to Change Your Mind. And it's essentially about the human relationship with psychedelics. You know what I mean? The first episode, I think, was LSD. Second one is psilocybin mushrooms. The third was MDMA, like Molly, ecstasy. And then the fourth, I believe, was mescaline. It's um, it's just really interesting, you know what I mean? Like, not saying... <laughs> To go do that shit, you know what I mean? Like, I'm really only a fan of psilocybin mushrooms out of that stuff, but to each their own, not a judge, and it's always good. I just like the information and the studies that are being done and just the the myths that are being busted, you know what I mean? All the bullshit, or it's not all bullshit, but a lot of the bullshit that you hear growing up and fucking dare and all this stuff, um, come to find out, isn't necessarily true, you know? Or maybe it's exaggerated. I'm sure you found that out with weed if you smoke weed out there. You know, like, people acted like if you start smoking weed, you're fucking, you know, you're going to be this addict who can't do anything and just is going to rot your life away or something like that. But it's obviously not the case. So, I don't know. Food for thought. You know what I mean? How to change your mind. Open your mind. Oh, yeah. Also... LeBron James, this, I thought this was fucking super dope, bro. This is some boss shit right here. Fucking round of applause, you know what I mean? LeBron James trademarked the phrase shut up and dribble. So I don't know if you guys remember. This had to have been probably a couple years ago. One of these fucking idiot announcers was kind of, was trying to downplay Pro athletes, right? He was basically saying, like, you shouldn't have a fucking voice. You shouldn't have an opinion. You shouldn't voice your opinion. You get paid millions and millions of dollars to play this sport. 
basically just shut up and dribble. Like, you know what I mean? No one gives a fuck. So, and I believe his comment was directed at LeBron, right? The fucking biggest superstar in the NBA. So, what does LeBron do, being a fucking brilliant businessman? He trademarks that phrase. So now if that dumbass ignorant announcer dude wants to say that shit, you're gonna fucking give, run me that check, B. I mean, you give me that fucking bread out here. So I thought that was super dope, man. Shouts to LeBron. Fucking round of applause once again, man. And then last but not least, man, we got some RIPs as always. Well, not as always, but these impactful folks. Yeah, I mean, want to make sure they get their just due. Definitely fans of them while they were alive, and even while they're gone, I'll still enjoy their work. We got a a trio of the fucking mobsters, man, which is, you know, I'm sure I mentioned, I love these mob movies, so these ones hit hard for me, man. We got James Caan, who played Santino in the Godfather series. I also didn't realize the actor Scott Caan was his son, but that's a side note. So RIP to James Caan. Also RIP to Tony Sirico. Fucking played Pauly in Sopranos. Like one of my favorite dudes. Definitely my favorite character. Like he is the fucking man, bro. If you've never seen the Sopranos, you've definitely seen memes of this dude. He's the one with the two gray stripes going down the sides of his head. They call it the wings. But legend has it, he wasn't even an actor prior to that shit. To getting all these movie roles because he, he had a small role in, in uh, Goodfellas and I think he's in a couple other things but legend has it that he he was actually he was involved you know with the Cosa Nostra back in the fucking day he wasn't an actor he just he was in that and then like he wanted to change his life so he he I don't know if he auditioned or what but he got cast in one of these movies and then boom was like all right I'm an actor now <laughs> But yeah, man, rest in fucking peace, man. Pauly Walnuts, man. Fucking legend, bro. Rest in peace to Tony. And then last but not least on the mobsters, my boy Paul Sorvino. Mostly known for playing Pauly in Goodfellas, but definitely did a lot of other roles, mob and non-mob related. You know what I mean? So rest in peace to these gentlemen. And then on top of that, uh, rest in peace to Willie Lee Morrow. It says, Willie Lee Morrow, barber who popularized the Afro pick, dies at 82. He built an empire around hair care products aimed at African American consumers, including a softener that inspired the Jerry Curl. So rest in peace to Willie Lee Morrow. And lastly, rest in peace to Jack Knight, comedian who died at a young age. I believe he was like 28 or 29. Um, was on that show, the cartoon show on Netflix with Nick Kroll. I can't remember the name of it right now. It's like the the hormone monster shit. You probably know what I'm talking about, but either way. Rest in peace to Jack Knight, you know. Rest in peace to all these gentlemen. Um, yeah, man. The work will live on for sure. That's one thing about music or entertainment, movies, TV, whatever. Even though we all unfortunately pass at some point, your work will hopefully live on for generations and generations to come so people can enjoy what you've done. And on top of that, if you've done it well, your families can continue to get paid off of that. That mailbox money done. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Did we, uh, yeah. 
That's that shit. That's that shit, man. The rest of the stuff today is pretty much just worldly news, whether it's national or international. And unfortunately, a lot of it's pretty sad and negative because we live in this crazy-ass fucking world, 2022. There are a couple positive things, though, so we'll touch on those first. You know what I mean? Congratulations to these 10 folks survived. I've never seen actual video footage of an avalanche. I mean, that's not true. I've never seen video footage of an avalanche from somebody in the avalanche, okay? So apparently 10 people on a guided tour in Kyrgyzstan? I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. It's K-Y-R-G-Y-Z-S-T-A-N. Kyrgyzstan? Kyrgyzstan? I apologize. But the the Tian Shan Mountains survived an avalanche captured on harrowing video by one person who took shelter behind a rock and described it as being inside a blizzard, quote-unquote. So yeah, much love to those 10 survivors. I can only imagine the kind of fucking nightmares you're going to have after that. And anytime you see snow, you know what I mean? Some PTSD from... An avalanche, I don't know, it's kind of rare. But yeah, 10 survivors, shouts to them. Hope no one got injured, it didn't really say. Hope you guys a speedy recovery. Also, I saw, I thought this was fucking dope. Um, This was a couple weeks back. In case you missed it, on Thursday, Muslim faithful began to flow through the holy city of Mecca on the first Hajj. H-A-J-J, which is the largest annual pilgrimage. I guess this was the first Hajj since the COVID-19 pandemic for which the Saudi authorities have granted a million permits after two years minimum dues. The pilgrims, all dressed in white with the traditional seamless Iram, I-H-R-A-M garments, began the first of the three days of the religious event by going around the Kaaba seven times, the prism-shaped construction located in the center of the great mosque of Mecca. They then moved to the Mina Valley on the outskirts of Mecca to perform another ritual called Al-Taruya, I think it's A L space T A R U I Y A Al Taruya or Revelation, consisting of prayers and meditation before starting their trip on Friday to Mount Arafat, some 20 kilometers to the east of the Great Mosque on the second and the main day of the Hajj. Despite the fact that Saudi Arabia allowed a much higher number of devotees than the 1,000 in 2020 and the 60,000 in 2021, and that it authorized the arrival of Muslims from other countries for the first time in two years, this year's figure is still far off the 2.5 million that attended in 2019. So yeah, man, I mean... Any uh, Muslims listening out there, you know? Much love to you guys. That's That sounds pretty uh, monumental. You know, it seems like it was an annual thing, but like most things, 
COVID came through and fucked some things up. So I'm sure they're glad to have that ceremony back, that ritual. You know what I mean? It's part of their um, religion, man. So yeah. Big up. Damn right. I believe this was the last of the positive stuff, unfortunately. But I know we talked about this story. I don't remember which episode it was. It was quite some time ago where the land was stripped away from the original black owners and they made it to this park out in California and all this stuff. Well, now it's being returned officially. So the article says, Los Angeles County officials on Wednesday presented the deed to prime California oceanfront property. The heirs of a black couple who built a beach resort for African Americans but were harassed and finally stripped of the land nearly a century ago. The event marked the final step in a complex effort to address the long-ago wrongs suffered by Charles and Willa Bruce, entrepreneurs whose resort on the shore of the now upscale city of Manhattan Beach was known as Bruce's Beach. Damn, that's great. I, I don't think they mentioned that in the other one. The whole... they. <laughs> Not only did they steal the shit, but they changed the whole fucking name of the beach. Probably, you know, cover up their tracks. Fucking sons of bitches. Okay. Um, against the backdrop of waves washing onto the sunny Manhattan Beach shoreline, County Registrar Recorder Dean Logan handed a certified copy of the land transfer to Anthony Bruce, a great-great-grandson of the Bruce's. It's surreal, said Anthony Bruce. It's just... I want to make sure that I don't lose focus as to what Charles and Willa's dream was. The land was purchased by the Bruces in 1912. They suffered racist harassment from white neighbors, and in the 1920s, the Manhattan Beach City Council condemned the property and took the land through eminent domain. The city, however, did nothing with the property and it was transferred to the state of California in 1948. In 1995, the state transferred it to Los Angeles County with restrictions against further transfers. The county built its lifeguard training headquarters on the property, which also includes a small parking lot. Janice Hahn, a member of the County Board of Supervisors, learned about the property's history and launched the complex process of returning the property to the heirs of the Bruces after consulting county attorneys. So yeah, I mean, fucking huge shout out to the Bruces, but also shout out to Janice Hahn for... I guess doing that research and kind of seeing where the wrongs were done in the past and doing her best to right those. But definitely shout out to the Bruce family, you know what I mean? Hopefully that area can be turned into its former glory, you know what I'm saying? Not just a touristy, like, I mean, I've never been to SoCal, but I'm assuming Manhattan, yeah, Los Angeles County is definitely, yeah. Uh, yeah, but shout, shouts to the Bruce's man. You know what I'm saying? She, she, she. All right, man. You know what time it is. Go ahead and brace yourself, man. Damn right. The rest of this stuff is pretty sad, you know. Like I said, unfortunately, this almost seems like the norm nowadays where it's more sad news than good news. But, you know, 
We got to talk about it. At the very least, spread awareness. I mean, you listening and me with this microphone, we individually may may or may not be able to do too much about these things, but we definitely need to get the information out there. We need to start having conversations, start, you know, just start spreading awareness, man. Because if we don't spread awareness, these things get swept under the rug, you know. So then the next woke generation and the fucking 3,000 millennial can look back in history and say how fucking dumb we were. Fuck that. We need to get better now, B. Alright? But first things first, man. Many rest in peace to the Malia Massacre. I guess, uh, I think I'm pronouncing that. It's M-E-L-I-L-L-A. But I believe it's part of Spain. So the double L makes a Y sound, not a L sound. So M- Malia. But it says, on June 24th, Spanish and Moroccan police killed 37 unarmed African migrants and wounded 100 others at the border of Morocco and the Spanish enclave of Malia. The bloodletting occurred when 2,000 Africans, many of them from Sudan, tried to enter Malia in search of a better life. In contrast to developments elsewhere in the world, Malia has received nary a mention among the South African commentariat, political formations, and civil society. The Office of the United Nations High Commissioner of Human Rights, OHCHR, has since reported that it has, quote-unquote, received reports of migrants beaten with batons, kicked, shoved, and attacked with stones by Moroccan officials as they tried to scale the barbed wire fence some 6 to 10 meters high, separating Morocco from Malia. Esteban Beltran, Amnesty International's director in Spain earlier this week, described photographic images and video footage from the crime scene as shocking. They show bundles of people, dead and alive, piled up on the ground while Moroccan police walk among them, shaking and beating them with truncheons and batons. The OHCHR said the slaughter is, quote-unquote, the highest recorded number of deaths in a single incident over many years of migrants attempting to cross from Morocco to Europe via the Spanish enclaves of Malia and Quita. So yeah, I mean, rest in peace to those who died, obviously, and then also prayers to those who were injured. Um, I'm not too knowledgeable on Moroccan living conditions and politics and whatnot, but just from reading this story, I would assume they're not great if these people are trying to scale a six-meter-high barbed wire fence and willing to to die just to get into Spain, into Malia. Um, I don't. It's fucking crazy, man. I mean, I don't know, man. It always reminds me of you ever seen Blow, the movie Blow with Johnny Depp. He gets caught basically drug trafficking. His excuses, you know, you know, Your Honor. When you think about it, all I really did was move a bunch of plants across imaginary lines on a map. And I say that to say like. That's, I mean, I'm not a fucking politician, obviously, but that's how I feel about it. We as men have created 
I mean, and we as men, we as mankind, humankind, have created these borders and, you know, different countries and states. We divided the land up how we saw fit. The land is the land, and people are people, you know what I mean? Like, I, from my ignorant American perspective, I don't understand why we can't all just freely go here and there. Like, not to, um, I don't know. It's it, This shit's over my head, man. But rest in peace to anybody in that area. I'm sure everyone knows someone involved, more or less, in one way or another. You know, it's sad fucking news, man. But also, on the international tip, I saw that the former Prime Minister of Japan was assassinated. I saw this on NPR. They have a little clip here that I'm going to play that will probably describe it a little better than I could. Former Prime Minister of Japan Shinzo Abe was shot and killed at a campaign rally on Friday with what appeared to be a homemade gun. Police say the suspect was a currently unemployed former member of the military and attacked Abe because he believed he was associated with a group he hated. Multiple homemade guns were later found at his home. Abe was an ultranationalist and Japan's longest serving prime minister. We spoke with an expert about his legacy. Abe was the peacemaker bringing European, Canadian, American leaders together. He really stepped up to reinforce the international order, the liberal order that America helped to build as China and Russia asserted themselves and as the U.S. was a little uncertain in its footing. During his leadership, Abe worked to build up Japan's military and counter China's growing clout. He also reformed immigration policy, female labor force participation climbed, and the Japanese economy unexpectedly bounced back. Abe was 67. Shit like that always makes you wonder, man. As the, she was saying, or as the little clip said, he was more or less the peacemaker and was kind of going against what's been going on between Russia and China. So, you know, conspiracy theory brain kicks in and makes you wonder, like, was that a setup? Or, you know, were they trying to stop him before he got too far ahead of where they wanted him to be kind of thing? Like... That's why I don't fuck with politics, man. This shit is fucking... It's too crazy, man. Too fucking crazy. What else do we got? Um, I saw... I mean, I think... I'm assuming this article was speaking of America, but I would assume this applies everywhere, right? And that's... The amount of surplus litter... I mean, all litter surplus in reality, but the extra litter that we've been adding to the fucking disgusting layer that's already there over the past five, ten years, all because of vapes. So listen here. Despite their popularity, vapes substantially contribute to the market's non-hazardous waste problems. Some companies and governments have taken notice. Annual vape sales continued to grow across many major markets, fueling demand and, an, and a growing eco-footprint. Rising consumer demand comes despite environmental concerns lobbed at various market aspects from cultivation to packaging. Worries are exceptionally high on single-use disposable vaporizers, a surging sector with high waste potential. While most of the industry claims to be against creating extra waste, numerous suggest that vapes will continue to be produced unless market demands shift. Vape product sales surged in 2021, 
as first reported by Marijuana Business Daily, data firm headsets analysis of California, Colorado, Michigan, Nevada, Oregon, and Washington State found that 2021 vape sales increased by 28.1% from 2020. Overall, the cartridge market grew 25% in 2021, totaling $2.3 billion in sales. Disposable vapes accounted for $164 million in sales, a 64% increase in 2021. They're cheap, great for product testing, convenient, and sometimes extra discreet. But the degree of waste they create across the industry is cringeworthy, said Allison Krongard, co-founder of Her Highness. Depending on the market, a recycling program may be available. Still, products often end up in landfills rather than someone taking the several steps needed to clean vape components and return them to either a dispensary or waste center. Although disposable vapes are very convenient and easy to use, the environmental impact and non-renewable nature is a black eye for the cannabis industry. And yeah, so this article was primarily based towards um, cannabis vapes, but obviously that still applies to nicotine vapes as well. Any sort of disposable vape cartridge, I see, you know, when you, if you leave your house nowadays, there's fucking people hitting those little jewels. I don't know if I talked about it last time on, on here. I know I've told you guys some weird stories that I'll see in the gym. But the weirdest one lately is that this chick is always down there on the treadmill and she's hitting a vape. She's on the treadmill and probably every five to ten minutes, you know what I mean? She's like listening to her music or playing a game on her phone or whatever the fuck. And every 10 minutes or so, she'll pull a vape out of her fucking pocket and hit it. I think it's a jewel. Like, I'm not super versed on vapes. But she pulls her shit out, still walking on the treadmill, hits the vape, blows it out. You know, I'm in there doing my shit. Doesn't ask me if it bothers me or anything. But I just thought that was nuts. Like, you're really in here exercising, but you're hitting a fucking vape. You're vaping while you're fucking getting cardio. It's kind of counterproductive, you know, but... Either. What, what do I know, right? I'm not a fucking doctor. But still, I just thought that was kind of nuts, man. Kind of fucking nuts. I also saw that my alma mater, UCF, the English department, recently changed their mission statement following the activation of fucking DeSantis's Stop Woke Act, which I was shocked by. UCF always seemed like a very inclusive, very... I don't know if liberal is the right word, but just... You know, diverse, it was very diverse, loving to everybody, at least my experience there was. Um, and I, I'm not sure how educational universities and outfits have to, I mean, obviously you have to follow state law, but I don't, I don't think that was in the state law that you had to change your mission statements and stuff. But I was reading that as soon as that Stop Woke Act went into play, UCF changed their old mission statement, which, let me see if I can find it. Uh, I don't remember what it was verbatim, but it was definitely, it was definitely quote-unquote woke, right? Which I guess is what they're trying to stop, so these fucking dicks. Let me see if I can find this shit real quick. 
So yeah, here is the anti-racist statement that used to be displayed on the UCF English Department's website, and I guess they have since removed. As of July 1st, 2022, they removed this statement for whatever reason. I mean, I hope they still fucking believe this shit, but I guess, anyway, it was too woke for fucking fuck out of here. So it says... In a time when the deaths of black people at the hands of police are beamed directly in our cell phones again and again, when Latinx children have been deliberately separated from their parents at the border, when indigenous sovereignty is being violated, when black and Latinx people are disproportionately being killed by a pandemic, and when anti-Asian racism is on the rise as a result of that same pandemic, we arrive at a long-delayed moment of reckoning. In a public statement titled, Working Toward a More Inclusive UCF, dated August 27, 2020, University President Alexander Cartwright addressed this moment of reckoning in unequivocal terms, quote-unquote, there has never been a more important time for us to tackle these issues together. With long-standing inequities and discrimination made more visible by the pandemic and the recent horrific violence further illuminating the systemic racism plaguing our society and impacting so many. The Department of English joins with President Cartwright in condemning the systemic racism plaguing our society and to the extent that we recognize such racism in our classrooms, we need to work together to eliminate it. Unconscious bias and white fragility are pervasive throughout society, and we recognize that they also exist among faculty. We have many students of color in our department, but we recognize that we have not systemically made sure they feel welcome. We have work to do. Such work begins by acknowledging that our discipline of English has been disfigured by an appalling history of complicity in perpetuating colonialist and racist practices and power structures. Our field has for far too long upheld a canon of literature that is exclusive, elitist, and blindly white. Although our academic field has in recent years taken some strides in challenging this history of institutional and structural racism by recognizing the values of diversity, inclusion, and multiculturalism, we also need to acknowledge that such changes have been too slow in coming. So yeah, apparently that statement was removed. And I think if you live in Florida, you probably know why. DeSantis acts like if you even mention fucking, if you mention anything that could potentially hurt a fucking white person's feelings, that you're like, ah, I don't even know what the fucking word is. I can't describe it to you because I can't wrap my own head around it. You know what I mean? But lo and behold... They remove that for God knows why. And then, of course, another fucking young black man gets murdered by police. You know, like, they're acting like this shit's not happening when it obviously fucking is. I mean, you're, you're on your phones. I know you're on your I know DeSantis is on his phone and shit. So you see this shit. Or maybe you don't. I don't know. The algorithm's only got 
you know, stop woke and MAGA shit on the time on his timeline. I fuck, I can't tell you, man. But basically, another young black man was murdered by police. Rest in peace to Jalen Walker, a 25-year-old black man who was killed last week by police officers in Akron, Ohio, suffered more than 60 gunshot wounds, but was unarmed at the time. The police chief said Sunday. That detail was among the facts that began to emerge in the killing of the man, Jalen Walker, who died last Monday after fleeing the police during what was supposed to be a routine traffic stop. At a news conference on Sunday, the police released body cam videos of the pursuit and shooting that showed officers' actions but deepened many questions around his death, which remains under investigation. Mr. Walker had one traffic ticket and no criminal record. I repeat, Mr. Walker had one traffic ticket and no criminal record. The police said they initially sought to pull him over for an equipment violation and a traffic violation. Eight officers who were directly involved in the shooting have been placed on administrative leave, of, of course. Um, where does it go down? I don't know if this is the same article, but there was an article that said why he ran, most likely because he was fucking terrified that exactly what was going to happen happened. But I did see another post that I thought was worth sharing where it says, for those justifying the murder of Jalen Walker because of the quote-unquote high-speed chase, you know, a lot of people are obviously saying, oh, well, he ran from police. Like, what do you expect? He's going to get shot. I mean, no. You run from police, you, you're more high priority, sure, but unarmed, no record. They easily could have ran that, and maybe he's just fucking scared, dude. But it says, For those justifying the murder of Jalen Walker because of a high-speed chase, Robert Long led police on a high-speed chase after murdering eight people. Police used a pursuit intervention maneuver to stop his vehicle. They never fired a bullet. I wonder why. Because this gentleman was fucking white. Robert Long, after murdering eight people, running from police in a high-speed chase, doesn't get shot because of the color of his skin. Jalen Walker, just being pulled over by police, is probably already fucking sweating bullets. You know what I mean? Because everything that's been going on to black folks by police you know that's my assumption he got scared and just fucking hit the gas but they fucking put 60 bullets in this kid 60 six zero let that fucking sink in for a second it's fucking sad man it's beyond sad it's it's disgusting. And I saw another video of this young girl who, this young girl who was addressing, I don't know if it was, hang on, I don't want to misspeak here, but this young girl really articulated this so perfect. She was fucking 13. And this speech that she gave just left me, left me flabbergasted in a great way. Shouts to this, this young lady right here. Hang on one sec. I don't know this young lady's name. I'm going to try to find it to put in, you know, the the description of the episode and everything. But just listen to how she fucking serves these people up, man. I don't think it's this it's like it's got to be a local 
um, you know, governor, mayor, something like that. I, I really don't know, and I, I feel bad for not knowing. But when I saw this shit, I marked it down because this absolutely need to be included. Shouts to this young lady. I'm 13 years old. All of you are adults. Adults, right? You can drive, you can drink, you can vote. I don't have that. When I asked my mom if I could be dropped off here, her response was, is it safe? Is it safe? You know, we had someone come up here and talk, don't teach our children to disobey those who are protecting us. I don't see them protecting me. If you want to talk about those protecting me, I look to those who are standing right now because my trust isn't in them. I don't trust any of you. I don't trust any of the police officers because you have shown time and time again that we cannot trust you. I go to City High Middle School, just voted the top high school, top high school in the state. You know what they teach us? Teach us to speak up for yourself. We're IB learners, right? We're smart. None of you are smart. None of you can recognize murderers. You can identify that there is a problem, but you cannot fix it. I don't know much about the law again, I'm young, but I'm pretty sure an accomplice to a murder should be arrested. And right now, all of you sitting and doing nothing are accomplices to a murder. You could, please, please refrain from the, the, the additional commentary. If you could let her finish. I am frustrated, and frustrated can't even begin how absolutely terrified I am to live here. I'm expected, I'm expected to raise my kids here. I'm expected to go outside and walk my five-year-old little brother. God forbid we look too scary. God forbid he accidentally is wearing his hood and we get the police called on us because we are window shopping to go steal later. I'm not, I don't want to keep coming here. Trust me, this is not how I want to spend my night. I don't want to come here. I don't want to sit here and I don't want to have to beg you to stop killing people. That's not what I want to do. I have friends, I have other things that I could be doing and I'm sitting in front of a group of adults who think murder is okay. And you can't sit here and tell me you don't think murder is okay because you're allowing it to happen. If you wanna talk about God, you wanna talk about Jesus, I'm a Christian. I don't know what God some of these people believe in, but I sure ain't mine. I'd, I have never read in the Bible where he said we should allow the people who are supposed to be protecting us, kill us. I'm sorry, maybe I missed that scripture though. I'm not. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Please, please do not make me sit here and scream another name. Do not sit here and make me beg. And God forbid that name is mine. God forbid that name is any of these people. God forbid. Thank you. Thank you. It's fucking heavy, man. It's from a 13-year-old. And I was able to find a little information. That was Nayara Taminga addressing a city commission meeting in Grand Rapids, Michigan, after the police had killed Patrick Loyola in April. So I don't know if the video's old or if she was just addressing, because it was, this is dated in June. But, yeah, man. The fact that she is 13 and has to be the one to stand up to say this is crazy. Like, you should just be doing 13-year-old things. But that just goes to show how much of a fucking issue that these people are just blindly ignoring. It's uh, fucking putting these adults in their place, man. 
I don't even know what else to say. It's uh, rest in peace, man. Rest in peace to Jalen Walker. This shit's got to change, man. I just, I really don't. I just, it's hard for me to talk about this shit because I don't understand it. I can never understand that shit. I never will. Never. I think with that, I think that's going to bring us to the end, man. I hate to end on a somber note, but, you know, I could play the happy song, but I could also play some motherfucking Della Reese, man. Cheer us up a little bit out here. Plum and the apricot or two, hey, Come on to my house, my house, come on. Come on to my house, my house, come on. Come on to my house, my house, come on. I'm gonna give you eggs and dates and the grapes and the cakes, hey. Come on to my house, my house, come on. Come on to my house, my house, come on. Come on to my house, my house. I'm gonna give you Come on to my house, my house I'm gonna give you everything Yeah, man, that's going to wrap up episode 76 of the K-Podcast. I appreciate you guys being here as always, man. You know the vibes, man. Stay safe, stay smart, stay sexy, and stay tuned. Hit the email, therealkpodcast at gmail.com. Got some things lined up for you, man, but I'll let you dwell on that, man. We getting out of here, man. Peace. The case podcast. That's a wrap. Sayonara. Fuck out. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Don't have to go home. Just can't stay here, aight? Peace. 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 Peace.